episode 26 of Hello, Hello, Kopi Camilo Podcast. This week we have Mr. Chas Skinner, the one who knocks. A retired college professor from Canada who happened to be teaching um, in UITM and Aswara while he was here. Has a super, super in-depth love of theater and meeting new people. I actually met Mr. Chas probably eight years ago back in Starbucks when he was a customer. I remember vividly that he likes his Americano. Yeah, back in the day, if you want to be an actor, if you will love the art of theater, um, then if you are in a relationship and trying to understand the art of being in a relationship, you should listen to this episode. Mr. Shaz Skinner has a lot of wisdom, man. Enjoy episode 26 of Hello Hello Comicamilla Podcast with your boy Milo Fico featuring Mr. Shaz Skinner. Breaking bad, 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 bad. <laughs> so, hello, Kopi Kumilo Podcast. We have Mr. Chas away from Canada. <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Chas. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Who is Mr. Chas Skinner and how young is he today? Oh, dear, 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 dear. Well, who, who, who am I? Maybe. Um, okay. Uh, I can talk about myself in the third person, but it's always very difficult. Actually, I'm a retired professor from from Canada. Mm-hmm. And after I retired from the university in Canada, I took a contract at UITM in Punjab Pradana. And I was there for about six years. Right. And after that, I took a part-time contract at uh, Aswara. Mm. And I was there for three semesters. Wow. Uh, Malaysia has become like my home and I, I like being here. So right now I'm just here on a, on a short holiday. I'm going right. back in a few days. Okay, how was your childhood like back in Canada? How did you grow up? Because you are you're obviously have you obviously have like a theater background, right? How did it well, all start? Like? Yeah, I mean it, it would take for a long a long treatise to talk to you about how I connected with that. But I grew up in what Malaysians would identify with as a village. Mm-hmm. With a, my father was a fisherman. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in a village, um, there was nothing much in terms of entertainment other than the traditional things that people did. So you grew up with understanding and valuing performances because Mm -hmm. people did it on special occasions. When I went to university, um, I was studying English literature and other things, and I became attracted to dramatic literature. And I went to see every play that I could possibly see. And uh, then I graduated and I was teaching, um, I was teaching um, high school for a few years. And there I got involved in theater. I studied one summer, I studied in, in the UK. And the next summer, I studied at the Banff School of Fine Arts in, uh, in Western Canada. That was how I got involved in theater. And then I got tired of teaching high school after a while. So I went away and did my master's mm-hmm. and then did my PhD. Right, straight on, like right after the Well, night. after I did my master's, mm-hmm. I was able to get a, a contract at a university. And there I was able to um, juggle my time to be able to do a PhD. And from there, I spent my whole career at the same university. But okay. I used to come to Malaysia once in a while for recruiting trips and things like that. So But this I, was even before you started teaching here. Oh, all before I started teaching here. When I started teaching here, I had I had already retired mm. from being a drama professor at a university in Canada. I was also the dean of fine arts for 10 years as well. So I have I've done the whole gamut. I've I've started out as a lecturer, a part-time lecturer uh, to a full-time professor uh, to dean. So, so how, how was your character like as a kid? Um, did you like sort of evolve to actually fell in love with teaching or you had that as a young teaching? I think so. I, I always say that when uh, when I was born, I was only given one program, and that program was teaching. 
And that's all I ever wanted to be, was a teacher. I, I was not sure what the subject was going to be. I mean, the university that I went to is what they call liberal arts, and so you had to take courses in the sciences and the humanities and the social sciences and so on. And as I was going through that, I, um, I found a great interest in the humanities, and so I stuck with that. But teaching is, is my first love. It's the only thing uh, I could do, I think. And uh, I sometimes now regret that I was a dean for, five, for 10 years, but I did enjoy that too. But uh, during those 10 years, I did not teach. So in the time that I've been in Malaysia, I have been making up for all those times when I was not teaching. But teaching is my first love. It's really what I love doing. Oh, you, you mentioned regret, right? right? Doing something that you don't really want to do, sort of? Well, uh, I've, never, I've never done anything that I didn't want to do, except when I was a student and I, and I had papers to do, maybe I didn't want to do them. Yeah. But other than that, I never really worked at anything I didn't want to do. If I worked at jobs that were not that interesting, it was because they were summer jobs and ones I was working on to earn some money so that I could go back to university and so on. Yeah, I mean, you work for about three months or something in some, some whatever job you can get. But it was always, it was always comforting to know that I, I wouldn't be doing that for very long. I would be going back to university and then finishing becoming a, becoming a teacher. So, no, I mean, regret, I, I don't really have very much in my life that I regret because I've been very fortunate that I have done many of the things that I've always wanted to do. Mm. They say that when you get older, and I guess I'm older, uh, when you get older, uh, you only regret the things you did not do. You don't regret the things you did, you regret those you did not do, which means live life to the fullest, mm. do, do the things you want to do and, and, and so on. So no, I have nothing, I re nothing about my career that I regret at all. Right. Yeah. So you, you, let's say if you were to be put in, sh in a shoe where a Malaysian who has to choose between his passion, which is theater, or making a living nine to five, something that they don't, they don't like to do, right? What would your advice be? Or is it is it is it different from a first world country point of view and sort of Malaysia? I think the same thing. I, I don't think it has to do with first or second or third world country. It really matters when it comes to the arts. Mm. I mean, making a living in the arts is 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 somewhat uh, difficult. I, I, one of the things I would tell students that we were who were looking to be uh, actors or theater directors, the best way to get work in theater is to make your own, right? You get a group of people together and you then put together a theater company and do plays that you think people are going to come and see. I mean, then you've started your own company. And, and I think in KL, for example, I think there's a great demand, great need for theater companies. But I don't mean theater companies that are, um, say, non-paying. I mean professional theater companies where, where you actually pay a wage to the people who are working for you. And that takes a while. That takes some time. But uh, in Canada, the students have the same, the same uh, dilemma. They're involved in something that they love very much, but being able to find full-time work in that is very difficult. And so what a lot of them do is, is exactly what I did. That is, you combine it with something else. For example, I became a teacher, and I became a drama teacher, theater teacher. So I was able to do both things that I liked. I could teach, and at the same time, I could direct theater and so on. So that's one way of doing it. Um, I think most people um, in Canada or even in the United States, it's a dilemma. But people are so much in love with it that they will, and those who persist will eventually find something, I think, that will, that will, will satisfy them. Right. But I still think the main, the best way to find work in theater is to make your own. Right. Yeah. Okay, is, is like, do someone need to sacrifice their happiness, sort of go through a certain amount of pain to put through and to actually get to where they want to get in life? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You, are, you are picking up on that, that 
that popular idea that you must suffer for your art. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's true. When I say suffer, though, like you, you have to like do something that you don't want to do a nine to five sort of to actually pay your dues or student loan debt to actually get to do what you love. Instead yeah, of I mean, I, I I see that's a fairly mm. common practice, right? right? I mean, you know, um, for example, in Canada, a um, number of students who done theater. Uh, you know majored in theater uh when they left they 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 came to somewhere in asia and they were teaching english in japan or in korea for two years to pay off their student loans because they in some countries you get paid very well doing that right yeah. and so a lot of them do that others will do you know they will uh get a, a nine to five job um and then they sacrifice time in the evenings uh, working on uh, working with a group of people on something and so on and uh, and so that uh, they are able to do both and and after a while uh, their 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 love becomes their their work i mean we use a word in the in english amateur mm. we say something is amateur right and unfortunately the word is not as lost some of its original meaning The word amateur comes from the Latin word amari which means to love. Mm. Right? And so um the English word amorous is the same word which means to love, to be to be loving. Um so people who are amateurs in theater are doing it because they love doing it. But in Canada we have a very big system of community theater theater doesn't pay but it provides opportunities for students uh, for people to uh, to do what they really love mm. and so some community theaters for example are are very professional they mm. they do exceptionally good work um but a lot of people uh, who are they would work during the daytime maybe um, you know who knows that what they would work for but they I mean they could work in retail or something but in the evenings and on weekends they are working on the thing they really love um they're and and doing it as amateurs but they um the show goes on and people come to see it and and they 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 love the the response from audiences and that kind of stuff but generally those who are really interested well will say okay i i've done my time and now i'm going to go to uh calgary or edmonton where there's theater companies and so on if you want to make your living as a theater as an actor you really need to be living where there are theater companies mm-hmm. right I mean Singapore has a, a quite a number of uh, theater companies and so it's possible to get work in Singapore and if you get work they pay you a decent wage. Um they don't seem to have that in KL. They're, yeah, they're, it's yeah. not here and mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's not here because I think KL could support a couple of theater companies. Yeah. I mean no one has tried. Mm-hmm. You know, um you know there's a very um Yeah, I think there's just a lot of people here and I think that uh, people would uh, be prepared to come and see good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not prepared to come and see stuff that isn't very good, but it would be I think what you need to do here, anybody who's starting a theater company here needs to do a lot of work in what's called audience development. Like how do you develop audiences? Right. and it's a thing that people study but you can there are programs available to do that so that when you get someone to come to your theater you've got them and you knew inform them and all that kind of stuff and so on and eventually over a period of years you will build up this theater base this audience base and and but it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight and and they don't have that um there isn't that audience space in in yeah. Kuala Lumpur yeah. you know uh i think for example if you did children's theater here you had a a professional children's children's theater company here you would i think do very well mm-hmm. because there's a lot of uh middle class families who want to have things for their kids to see and yeah. do and so on so that's there um yeah i mean um i don't mean sacrifice in that you have to suffer i mean you're going to have to do something else as you build the thing up to the point where it will it will sustain you. Mm. Singapore does have theater companies. Okay. That will pay people, pay actors and 
all the backstage people and stuff like that, and, so right. and they pay them decent wages. Mm. Yeah. What what is theory, by the way? What is theory, and what does it mean to be acting in theater in comparison with television, like cinema? Um, well, I I see it sometimes in some productions I've done in KL mm. with students who've come to see the productions, but they talk during the show. And I think it's because they think it's like TV, right? right? Yeah. And, and the big difference between theater and television is that the, in theater, the actors are real. They can hear you. They, you, can see, you can see when they're sweating. You can see when they open their mouths and, and you know, spray comes out and all those kinds of things. It's, it's live. It's, it's there. You are sharing in the moment. And I find that nothing compares to that. I mean, that is uh, film. I like film. But film is, uh, film is recorded on plastic. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and, and you can watch it over and over again. And you can talk during it if you want to, because the actors are, are not going to be able to hear you. But in a theater, um, it's, you know, that's why in theater, for example, we uh, insist that people put their phones away. Mm -hmm. But some people don't, and you have a phones ringing during the show, and people don't understand that these are real actors up there, and they can hear you, and your phone is going to, going to throw them off, and so on. So what is theater? I mean, theater has been with us since the beginning of time. Uh, it is a form of storytelling, storytelling about us. I still think, for example, if you want to get a successful uh, theater company in Malaysia, you should tell Malaysian stories. You should tell stories about Malaysia, not stories about London, not stories about New York, but stories about Malaysia. Relatability, right? Yeah, I mean, the people there should be people that people can identify. Yeah. We go to see theater because the theater is about us. It's mm -hmm. about people interacting, people trying to get on with their lives and all the obstacles that they encounter. And sometimes those obstacles are funny and sometimes those obstacles are, are tragic. Mm -hmm. But uh, that is the nature of life and that is the nature of theater and art. I mean, some of it is funny, some of it is not funny. Mm -hmm. um, some of the best moments of theater that I've ever had have been watching tragedy. Mm -hmm. you know? And the Greeks taught us about that and, and, and it's been around forever. So. Theater is a case of enactment uh, of stories, the telling of stories by people from the community or people that we can identify with. Thank you. So if you want to start a theater company here, it really has to be Malaysian stories. Right. Uh, once in a while, you can sneak in one from another yeah. country or something like that, yeah. you know. But but for the most part, it has to be it has to be uh, Malaysian stories. Right. Before the podcast, like, we were sitting in a coffee shop. You mentioned about Hamlet, right? You talk about to be or not to be. Yeah. Right. And and I find it fascinating what you you told me. Do you mind like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking about acting. I yeah. said that sometimes when people when people hear the word Shakespeare, they go, "Oh, Shakespeare!" You know, they, their voices change yeah. and they stand differently, and and so on. that's a lot of foolishness. Mm. That is the way they used to act back in the 19th century and part of the 20th century. Big theaters required big voices and all that. But we don't really need that now. I mean, we have, we have little microphones hidden around the place now that we can pick up and, uh, and help the sound within a building. So we don't need to do that. But theater, I think, works best when it is, it is performed, or Shakespeare works best, when it's performed as if it's a naturalistic conversation that people are having. I already told you the story about when students sometimes take to be or not to be. Suddenly it's good to be or not to be, that is the question, and so on. And I will always say, well, what is Hamlet saying? What, 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 is, what is Hamlet's problem here? And, and I say, well, actually, Hamlet is saying, should I live or should I die? That's something that, that's very introspective, you know. Contemplating suicide. Yes, he's, he's complaining, he's mm. contemplating and saying, you know, to be or not to be, that is the question. Mm -hmm. Should I live or should I die? That's the big question here. And, and you know, that is not one that you ought to be or not to be, that is the question. I don't know why, 
uh, means nothing to me mm-hmm. if you do that. But if I had some young man who was um, who was troubled and saying things like to be or not to be, you know, that's the question: should I live or should I die? Then suddenly it takes on a whole different meaning, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and I like I like Shakespearean acting and and almost any acting where it's done naturalistically. Mm-hmm. Um, the dialogue is performed as if it were a conversation. I used to tell students in my classes here, I, w- I want you to say these lines as if people walking by may think right. that you are having a conversation. conversation. Right? Yes, yes. And you see a lot of that on, on TV. Some of the, some of the TV, it's, it's so ultra-realistic mm-hmm. that you're not sure if, it's, uh, if they're acting or, or, or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I like that kind. I like that kind. And Shakespeare done in that mode takes on to me a whole new meaning. It's not like watching a museum piece. Mm. Personally, I hate theater that is museum pieces. Right. I don't want to see that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really don't care the costumes or how they did it. I, I want something for today. It has mm. to be theater has to be the here and now. It mm. has to be important now. And it has to be important here. Uh, so anyway, so to be or not to be, uh, but many of Shakespeare's plays are like that. You ask yourself, well, what are they saying? What, what, what is it they want? And once you boil it down to a couple of words, this is what they want. So it takes on a whole new meaning. What are your thoughts on existentialism and like um, people who overthink things? And this, uh. this might caught you off guard a little bit, but this is talking about real life situations where um, they don't have the spirit or strength or perhaps the perspective to actually go on with their life. And they, they are too self-absorbed in the problems, mm-hmm. I would presume. And maybe you have something to share with your amount of wisdom that you have acquired. Uh, it's it's a big question. I mean, it's a big question. Uh, theater sometimes attracts people. Sometimes attracts people who are having difficulties. Not all. I mean, not everybody, but every now and then. And the reason it is is because theater is a community. You can't do it by yourself. You need a group of people. And theater has been always been very accepting of people, regardless of of, of their health or or their orientation or whatever it might be. Theater has always been accepting of that. And that is the, the, the community that's required. For example, you can't teach drama without having a sense of a community. You have, to, you have to perform. You depend on each other. It's a collaborative art form. It's not like painting or maybe going downstairs and practicing your violin. It's something you need other people to do. So that kind of, uh, what would you call it? That kind of camaraderie is... Uh, essential for theater but it's also essential for people who feel lonely people who are uh, who feel that uh, life is not providing them with any opportunities or sad because they have you know say no relationships or few relationships or they've lost a relationship they had all of these things we require people to talk to and I think sometimes uh, the community of theater is there to listen sometimes to people who do that sort of stuff. That doesn't say that theater is primarily therapeutic, but it is therapeutic. I mean, you can't get away from that. If you're involved in a theater production, there's a certain degree of therapy associated with it. You know, you're sad when it's over, but while it's going on, you're, you're, you're quite, quite very happy. Now, you mentioned the word uh, existentialism. That's I, I, a different kind of word. Um, that's a form of philosophy came about after the wars in Europe. Mm-hmm. Europe had been, uh, for the most part, a Christian world. And then when they, people looked around and saw the devastation that World War I had uh, created, they questioned, what is, what is the meaning of things? Why, why, why are we here? And so they came out with this, this philosophy, this, this philosophy which is called existentialism. People assume somehow it means that you don't believe in God. That is not true. You can be an existentialist and believe in God. But existentialists believe that you are the answer to your own problems. 
you can fix your own problems. There's nobody's going to help you, right? I mean, so you got a problem, you go about trying to fix it. There's no point in wishing upon a star or anything else. It is going to, if you want to fix it, you fix it yourself. Mm. Um, there is a form of theater uh, called existentialist theater, or sometimes it was called absurd theater, or the absurdists, which, which again, uh, they were often very circular. They went around in a circle, you know, they ended where they started and all that kind of stuff and so on. But that's another time and it would take a whole lecture to talk about what that means. But existentialism doesn't mean that there is no God and it doesn't mean that, um, that, that you know, it, it is connected with suicide or anything like that. It's just, it's just a way of looking at life that you, you do believe in a higher power, but that higher power is just not somebody you're going to call on every time you have trouble, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you have trouble, then you have to fix it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's part of that. But things like suicidal thoughts and so on, these are mental health issues, right? And if you had a actor who is uh, an actor who is who, who is thinking like that, then that's that's a that is a um, a mental health. That's where people then need to be referred to uh, appropriate doctors for those kinds of things, and that can be fixed. I mean, it's um, you know can be fixed with medication these days, and and with a lot of talking. I think I think this world that we live in, this this very busy world that we live in. One of the problems is that we don't listen to each other. We are on our phones. We don't talk to each other. Uh, we're on our computers. We don't talk to each other. Uh, chatting is not talking. That's a totally different form of communication. When you're talking with somebody, you can sense fear or upset in their voices. You can't really do that with chatting, you know. Um, you know, you know. Uh, and so I think, in a sense, the irony of this time in which we live is that we can communicate with people all around the world in a matter of seconds through our phones, um, through through our uh, computers. We use Skype, we use our phones, whatever it is, we, we can communicate. But we talk less to each other now than we ever did. If you go to a cafe, for example, you will see nearly everybody there on their phones. Even people out on a date, for example, the man and the woman are each on their phones. Um, you see husbands and wives out on, uh, on their phones when they're out to dinner. The one that I find sad is I saw this not long ago, there were four people, two couples, having dinner at a restaurant, and each person was on the phone. I thought, you know, I wanted to go up to them and say, are you guys texting each other? Is that how you're talking here? Because, you know... Uh, I mean, they're not being present, right? No, 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 of course not. No, it's not being present at all. But I think we don't do enough talking. And I really do like restaurants that say, we have no Wi-Fi. Mm. Sit down and talk. Yeah. And if we did more of that, I think that we would be of greater help. But we, we don't do it at all anymore. And you see, you see parents uh, at playgrounds with their children, and the kids are playing and the parents are on their phones, mm. you know, instead of down there playing with the kids or whatever. I, I, I think the phone, the phone systems that we have are, are, are fantastic accomplishments, but they've taken away some of our humanity. We are we are slowly, I think, becoming uh, becoming uh, like robots. You know, yeah. we, we we just communicate by that thing. And if you wait for a bus, uh, wait for trains, as I do in KL, sometimes you look around, and everybody waiting for the train is on a phone, and they're on the phone when they get on the train. And then I sit down if I if I can, and I will start talking to the person next to me. And sometimes they're they're kind of scared, like, who are you? You know, nothing. I just want to say hello to you and so on. How are you doing? Why? You know, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing. It's what human beings do. You know, we we connect we connect with each other. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't know if we, because we don't talk to each other anymore, we don't listen to each other, but because we don't talk to each other, I wonder what is happening to stories, because we used to have stories we used to tell. You know, when people came together in a cafe or came together somewhere, they told stories about things that happened to them or whatever it might be. But no one seems to do that anymore. Now they are either texting somebody or they're playing a game. And I, I suspect there aren't very many stories mm. that people have. And that's, I think we've lost something. We've lost something in that regard. Mm. And probably one of the reasons why theater is not as popular as it should be because now people can watch, can download something and watch half of it and then uh, watch the other half later on or um, they can watch part of a TV show and watch it later on. Yeah, stories and are not a priority. Not anymore, anymore. no, yeah, yeah. not anymore, not anymore. They like those... They, they, people respond i i don't know why and i would love to if i had the time to do the research why people are so fascinated by zombie stories i mean it's, it's wonderful it's it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's something i don't know i haven't even thought about it enough to be able speculate as to why that is but zombies seems to be interested in mm. uh, uh, of interest to every culture that mm. that that i've encountered so yeah. one thing yeah. i find fascinating about you is that yours it's not every day that you actually encounter someone like you so i mean with a theater background i would i would i would assume that you have a lot of life stories to tell as well as in like life reflects theater theater sure. reflects life right yeah. when when it comes to life we it's actually inevitable that we have to deal with love right to uh, to fall in love heartbreaks and all that to what extent do someone like sacrifice and go everything for what they love or for another human being that they love or perhaps to what extent should, should they avoid heartbreaks and how do they like sort of like Hamlet, Ophelia, Romeo and Juliet kind of thing to reflect back upon life? What are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I like? mean, I think that's what makes life, life, our relationships. If you live life without a relationship, that's not a life. You're just a robot, mm. right? You, you're dressed in Teflon. Mm -hmm. Everything that you touch falls off you, right? Mm. I mean, that's a, I don't know, what a sad life. And so people with many friends are said to be very rich because that's what adds texture to your life. The people that you know, whether they are your next door neighbors or whether your friend you work with or people in another country or someone you met at a bus stop or, or, or whatever. Without those kinds of contacts, life is just nothing. It's just a void. It's just you are, you are nothing. You, you are just a thing by yourself. But if you meet someone and you fall in love, you pretty much have to be, you follow your heart, I guess, is, 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 what, you, is what people have always done. You follow their heart and, and go from there. It's not a guarantee, but nothing is guaranteed. I mean, if you want a guarantee, then you might as well just go back and be one of those people who sits in a box. I mean, because you have lived your life, right? Will you say that love is worth suffering for? Is it worth it to suffer for another person to actually get um, get something out of life? Or well, I mean, I think if it's a if it's a good relationship, I don't think you suffer. I mean, if two people love each other, I don't really think you suffer. I think you both you both um, you both complement each other. Mm. You know, you work together. Right, uh, because you mentioned a little bit about Hamlet earlier in the cafe. Yeah, he, Hamlet loves Ophelia that much, but he's not willing to do anything. About yeah, but it. so that Hamlet has other problems. Right. Hamlet has other problems. He's, he's, there's big issues there. His father is dead and he knows why his father is dead. I mean, Hamlet has many problems and with, with Ophelia, um, he, he just, I mean, I think in some ways I've seen Hamlet done where he's pretty, pretty much played as mentally ill, right? He, he's, he's a man who has so many challenges in his life. He's overcome by those challenges. He doesn't have time for that. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I suppose when somebody says they have no time for love, then they they must be dead, right? Mm. You know, I mean, it is it is what makes life interesting. If you meet somebody and if you meet a, another person, um, I think the love of the romantic story, the love of the romantic movie, I think that's a lot of crap, right? I mean, I don't think that happens. I mean, love comes when two people um, enjoy being with each other, but they also enjoy being themselves too, right? I don't think you have to give, you don't have to give up yourself entirely to fall in love. Because when you do, you sort of, it's not really love, is it? No, you've just, you've just given over, you know? Yeah. I mean, in um, students that I've had since I've been here, it's, it's fascinating because they, they, uh, they have girlfriends and boyfriends, but they meet each other, for, you know, they've been hanging out together and stuff like that. And, and I will remind them, I say, look, whatever you do, it's a, it's a two-way street. <laughs> you know, you can't be giving all the time. She has to give too. I mean, otherwise it, it's going to be imbalanced and it won't last very long. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, one one of your might be jaded over time. I, I of course, you get jaded over time, I and mean, I think that I I do think that one thing you have to understand is that human beings change, hmm. and I don't know whether we can we can't control that. We 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 age does it, our life experiences do it, and so on. And sometimes people's lives change to the point where the person that they thought they were going to live with for the rest of their lives and eternity has suddenly turned out to be not the person they were looking for, right? That's, that's how life, that's how things happen, you know? Um, there was a philosopher, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, a French philosopher, who said, hell is other people. And so sometimes it can be other people, right? Yeah. You know, uh, but you can't live with, you know what they say about, uh, a guy would say about a girl, I can't live with her and I can't live without her, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, it's that kind of dilemma that we're in. I still, I, I don't know. I think, I think if uh, two people who have a relationship or a blossoming relationship or not, really think uh, that uh, they need to talk. And I'm not sure if that happens a lot. Now people go and rely on counselors and therapists and stuff. And, and that's important, I'm sure it is. But really, boyfriends, girlfriends need to talk a lot. You know, and, and, and the more they talk, the more they get to know each other. I mean, it doesn't have to be through text because that's what they do. No, 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 no. That, that doesn't verbal, count. Verbal communication yeah, that does not count. Right, right. I mean, when you are talking to somebody face to face, you can tell when they're lying. Mm, yeah. Not always, but for the most part, you can. Mm, yeah. right? You can tell when they're scared. You can tell when they are hesitant. You can tell when they're happy. But you cannot tell that when somebody is chatting. Okay? Mm. I hate those, what do you call them? Those little faces, happy faces, emoticons. Yeah, I <laughs> hate those things. <laughs> I mean, people will put a uh, emoji with a kiss on it for somebody, right? Yeah. And you say, well, "What does that mean?" You know, that that that's that's just uh, that's just a symbol. Mm -hmm. it makes it easy, I guess. It's like people go and buy cards for Valentine's, you know, and and have some syrupy verse on it, and yeah. you say, "Well, can you say that yourself?" No. All mm. right. Well, you know, I mean, um, I do think that. Um, people who talk will get to know each other and I think that's how it works the same way if you're if you are you're working with actors and so on you need to get to know each other you know who the person is you're working with and you have to get to know the character that you're playing and that's the big issue right you were asking about acting just now is how does one get to understand the character it helps if there's something in that character that you can relate to you know, and uh, and I I've seen actors go from I hate this character to I really love this character because in the rehearsal they find out. Now, if you're directing, somebody's directing your play. Mm. Remember, the thing that we put on a stage is called a play. A musician 
plays the piano, plays the guitar. It's not by accident that that verb is used to describe artistic undertaking. A play is playing with possibilities, playing with ideas. You playing at being somebody you're not. There is an element of play. When art does not have an element of play, all you have to do is watch TV. You can see that. When art does not have an element of play, it's dead. The term I often use is that it's like it's like paint by numbers.、Mm. You you color according to the way they want you to color. Yeah. And that's a formula. And that's one of the things I think that has killed some theater is that it became very formulaic. We did it this way. We do it that way. We do it that way. It's what killed many movies. There's a formula that they follow. Same with TV. They follow a formula. So what I'm what 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 I can understand is life has no formula. So does love has no formula.、So、no, it's just not. There's there's no formula. There's no answer to it. I mean. Human beings have been singing songs and telling stories about love、mm. since the day we crawled out the cave or wherever it is we came from,、right? yeah. and we're still doing it.、Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the pop songs that are on the radio or that they're making, I would say I, I, I'm making this up now. I would say that 90% of all pop songs are about love. True. It's that one thing that we do not really quite understand. We can't live without it. But you know,、um, we can't live with it. We can't live without it. But at the same time, if you find that person who challenges you, somebody who's can talk to you, somebody who's smart like you, has ideas, you find that that will make life much easier. You know, sometimes if you.、Uh, A husband and wife really should compliment each other. It should should be to read. They should be watching same films. I a student of mine one time that I'd seen not here but in Canada. I had seen him about maybe 15 years after he graduated, and I asked him where the woman was that he had married. She had been a student as well, and he told me they had separated. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said. If you sent each of us out to the movie shops to pick up twenty movies, we would never pick up the same one.、Mm-hmm. We had absolutely no interest at all. He said he was interested in films, and she was interested more in the Hollywood movies about falling in love and falling out of love and so on. He said, but the same thing. He said it got to the point where we.、Uh, We had nothing to talk about,、Damn. but that's human nature. That is the one thing they say that one sign that a relationship is dying is that the two of you do not laugh anymore. Okay. When that happens, do you have to work hard? Work harder? Play around it? Get the spark started again? Or you, you can just- try. You can try, and of course, you should never give up because it's、uh, it's easy it's easy to give up. But you you should never give up because、mm-hmm. uh, and and to give up without trying is wrong. But you know sometimes sometimes、um, you you try.、Uh, you might find a therapist. You might find you know those kinds of things, and and you may find it. No, I think it, it's probably broken. It's probably broken. So that's when you walk away. And that's when you walk away. But. Here's this word again that I mentioned just now. This this word in English, we have a word called amicably, right? You walk away as friends. A M I C A B L Y. It you walk away as friends. You don't walk away as enemies, right? And and I think that's okay when that happens. It makes it even worse that there are children involved, and that's another story. But you know,、um, that's another issue. But generally, when When the spark has gone out of a relationship, it's one sign is that the, the two people don't laugh anymore,、okay. and、uh, and I think that's that's I think there's something true. They did, for example, years ago there was a survey done:、uh, women in every culture in the world, around the world, 
were asked what they most wanted in a man. And the overwhelming uh, answer was they wanted someone who could make them laugh. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, Because we talk about each other, but we should also be able to laugh at each other. Because that's one of the things we do. That's one of the reasons for comedy is we, we like to laugh at each other. I'll flip the script and give you a chance to ask me anything, any question that pops out of your mind about me regarding all these, regarding Malaysia or whatsoever that come across your mind. You can go for it. Ask me any question. Just one well, question. maybe you should... Uh, so, uh, what what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie of all time would be Godfather. The first. Godfather? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not a whole lot of love in that one, is there? I guess there is. Love for, <laughs> love for the family, love for money, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. that sort of thing, right? And okay. Mm-hmm. How about a song? Who's a, who's a popular singer that you like? You were talking so much about love. I wondered if you like Ed Sheeran. No, not really. You don't like him? I don't. Yeah. And he's writing about love. No, because the, the reason why I talk so much about love, because love reflects life and also it it actually because you have a lot of wisdom and you show it I can sort of read from, from you <laughs> yeah, so well. I'm sure you have a little bit of thoughts in that even though it's subjective from one case to another sure. from one yeah. to another but yeah. I'm sure that's the gist of it like should you should someone really sacrifice for love or you should learn how to walk away or, I don't know I mean I think that's two options I don't think these are are the only options you have available mm. sacrifice everything for love does that mean for example change who you are be there for uh, the other person well, if you give up who you are, then what's the point? Because the person that they fell in love with was you. Mm-hmm. Then you have to change into who you are. I mean, you often because you sort of have to change who you are to fit in their character. Well, then, then, then that's wrong. Okay. I don't think that's true. I think you remember it said it's a two-way street. Right. It's a give. It's a it's a fifty-fifty. It's always that way, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got to give up everything to be with with the person you love, then really. I would question their love of you, mm. right? I mean, they would look around and say, look, this is what he likes to do, and now he's given it all up for me. I don't think that's a wise thing for him to do. I think he should be still do the things he loves to do. And I think that kind... But I know there are cases where men suddenly have gotten married and no one ever sees them anymore. Mm. Right, became submissive. Yeah, and I think eventually you will see them again because eventually they will, they will, uh, they will break away. Mm-hmm. You know, they can only take that for so so much. I mean, women will try to change men, but they should know it does not work. At the end of the day, it never works. They've been trying since the dawn of time, and it doesn't work. Doesn't work, ladies. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before I go on to the last question, can people actually find you on social media for inspiration for your artwork? Or- no, I don't have very much on there. I just have. I'm on Facebook. That's all about it. I don't have a blog or anything like that. I, I've thought about doing it, but I, I might. But people are willing to contact me at all. I have so many, uh, so many of my friends on Facebook are Malaysians. My name on Facebook is Chess J Skinner cool and uh, if you, people can contact me and you know we can discuss things and, mm-hmm. and so on I like I like using WhatsApp because I can actually if there's good uh, connection mm-hmm. can actually talk to people yeah. it's not quite like face to face but mm-hmm. at least when you are talking even on WhatsApp or on the phone you you know a hesitation mm-hmm. for example you say to somebody how are you? And they say, I'm great, fantastic. Or you could say, how are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you know it's not okay, right? Yeah. That hesitation, then okay. Okay is a non-word. <laughs> it doesn't say anything. Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's not saying. For example, in my world, okay means not very good. Mm-hmm. How do you like the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nothing. Can right? suck, actually. Okay, well, something like that, sucks. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, of the last question. Okay. For, for the advice that you have for the young people in their 20s or perhaps in their 30s who is sort of lost in life and haven't figured out what they want to do fully 
in life and they are stuck in a rut where they are doing whatever job that they have because they have to pay their dues and their sure. and families and whatnot but they want to live a bigger life a more meaningful life what would your advice be for these young lads i mean there's there's not there's no there's no there's there's no magic formula uh, i've always found that in my lifetime people who have never worked out exactly what they want to do are sometimes the happiest people i know right? they're still searching and i think if as long as you're still searching you are um you are okay and and i you don't have to be able to travel around the world you can travel in your own community travel around the travel around the communities and stuff like that and and meet different people now you're in a job that you don't like but you can't give it up you know because you need the money to pay that that's that's a that's a difficult dilemma i, I there is a difficult so dilemma. if you figure out the way to get out of that you should do that first things first you should yeah mm. you should if you could find a way to get out of there you should do it You know? and then still you figure out life i guess yeah. but people who say this is what i really want to do i'm always suspect of that mm-hmm. because i think the the students i've had over the 30 something years that i've been teaching the the ones who seem to be happiest are those who still haven't figured out mm-hmm. what they want to be right oh. well it's true i mean it's true you know and i think people who figure it out sometimes soon uh, fall in a rut mm-hmm. you know yeah because perspective your the perspective that you have in life changes every yeah. day mm-hmm. you mean yes. people just sure. change your mind every and you just day. need to meet people talk to people you know i mean it doesn't cost much to go to a coffee shop or go someplace and sit down and actually talk to people the other thing that i would do uh, that i do a lot and i would recommend is that people should read read more encounter new ideas and accommodate those new ideas if they fit into your world. But if you never read and you don't talk to people, well, you're already dead. Uh, and I think that's something, but um but acting doesn't really depend on looks. It depends on your commitment to it. How honest you are. Tell the truth. Be truthful. And I think that would work. Hello, Kopi Kamilo podcast. Mario Fico saying.